Keep listening to our weekly episodes to find out more. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review. You are watching the Grizzly Digital Network. It's time for GGC Softball. Now, let's go live to the voice of the Grizzlies, Matt Mahoney. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to Lawrenceville, Georgia. Here are one of the ten host sites for the NAI opening round. Six games, not enough in this bracket to determine who will punt their ticket to the World Series in Claremont, Florida. We've got one game remaining, the very necessary, if necessary, contest between Georgia Winnett, the host and the one seed, and the Oregon Tech Owls, the two seed that have emerged out of the loser's bracket, even things up. Both these teams with one loss and both these teams trying to go to the World Series. Hello again, everybody. I'm Matt Mahoney. Welcome back. My broadcast partner, Daniel Gilman. Daniel, real quickly here, as we dissect some of the decisions the coaches had made here in a quick turnaround time, first we look at the starting lineup for Greg Stewart. From earlier today against Georgia Gwinnett to this game for Georgia Gwinnett. Same nine for Oregon Tech as you see Kiana Brown at the top. She started off that first inning against Taylor Hanses with a home run. And Lauren Williams, the other big one that you look at, she just went seven innings, complete game shutout, 12 innings yesterday, over 220 pitches in about 24 hours. So it'll be interesting to see once again that one-two punch if you're just tuning in. Tara Motes and Allie Graham, the two All-Americans anchoring the three, four spots for Stewart's lineup are the ones to watch out for Piper Wagner, who will be pitching and hitting for GGC. And on the other side, you alluded it there, that changes for Cat Eilenberg. Piper Wagner, rightfully so, gets the start here in this if necessary game. Really shut down this Oregon Tech lineup last night, giving up just two unearned runs in a complete game victory, punching GGC's ticket to today. Not only will she pitch, she'll hit for Cat Eilenberg here too as well. And I love it. Riding a four-game hitting streak, Piper Wagner hitting 353 this season, only 34 at-bats. But why not give yourself a chance to help your own arm out with your bat? And among other changes, Tori Robinson, of course, backing up Rossetti and Cook. But she moves up a spot to the three-hole. Instead, Alyssa Melton moves down to seven. She'll hit in front of Cox and Janko with Wagner and Fickus middling up the lineup for Kat Eilenberg. And this is where... By no means are either of us judging anything because we are in no we have no accolades like Cat Eilenberg <laughs> has or Coach Stewart does in his 14th season. But these are decisions that you know you think about for the entire off season if it doesn't work, and these are decisions that you think about for only a couple days and you're happy about it if it works. Other changes here, Georgia Winnett, they shed the green tops. We're going with the black in this one, Daniel, trying to get rid of the mo- the uh, bad mojo that was earlier today in the four to nothing loss as the Grizzlies were taken down by the Owls to force this if necessary game here in a 4.35 start time. Also worth noting, too, we're going to change the scoreboard, too, as well. Oregon Tech will be the visitors on the scoreboard. GGC will be the home team on the scoreboard. We talked about it at the end of the last game, Daniel. Momentum is huge here for the Owls as the visitors. How important it is for them to maybe get the first run for the third game in a row versus Georgia Gwinnett. And it seems like forever ago for them that they faced Piper Wagner. They've now played two games since last night. Wagner had their number, but once again, they were they were really good earlier today. Getting to the starting pitcher for Northwestern Ohio early, and then one or two big hits against Taylor Hansis. But let's go. The best two words in sports, Matt, game seven. 
So here we are, Piper Wagner, the freshman from Marietta, Georgia, inside the center circle, pounds the mitt against uh, Sydney Wilhite, going against Kiana Brown. Let off game number six with a solo home run, really set the tone for Oregon Tech for the entire contest. This one is for all the glory here. The winner of this contest, all things square, will head to Claremont, Florida, for GGC looking to go for the first time in program history for Oregon Tech. It would be their third trip to the final destination. And I think we're going to have a little smaller of a strike zone with Chris Chubb behind home plate there right off the bat. No outside corner strike. Basically, the umpires will rotate clockwise. The uh, home put umpire moves to the third base side. First base umpire moves to third base umpire to first base. And our home put umpire occupied the right side of this three-man crew from game six. one one's your count here. Piper Wagner working on Kiana Brown. Brown played an impressive performance, hitting the same spot from game one to, or should I say game six to game seven. She went one for three. A pair of pop-ups to Melton outside of the 13th home run of the season over the left field wall versus Hansis. Three and one action pitch. That one clips the outside corner for a strike. Three and two. And Will Heights catching her second game of the day back there. Interesting to see how she holds up too. Of course, Anya Vandersip on the bench if needed. Payoff pitch, ball four, just a bit low there. And there's an early adjustment that both these pitchers, catchers, and hitters are going to have to make. We're going to have a little bit tighter zone. I'm not sure who that favors here early, the hotter Oregon Tech team or maybe Piper Wagner, who loves to get the swing and the miss. And so the Owls will make the adjustment from yesterday to the today too as well. Yeah, so many unanswered questions coming into this one. Another one here is Piper Wagner pitching in back-to-back days. Offer at the uh, butt attempt there is Sahaley Doe. Pulls back, takes it for a ball. It's going to be a strike. It's now 0-1. Doe and Motes were the only two strikeout victims yesterday for Wagner. Wagner was nearly perfect in every inning outside the second. There's a bunt drop down toward Wagner. She'll glove it, throw it over to first. Janko covering. And a lot of ways there. The Grizzlies come out refocused because how many times after a tough 8-0 loss do you get to just kind of sleepwalk into the if necessary game, break that one down? There was a meeting before this game started out in right field. Nikki Cook was the orator of that meeting. She is the lone senior. She is the one that is trying to make sure this isn't her last college game. She came out of it so emotional, so emotionally charged as well as this entire team. You could already hear the vocals from the infield and outfield. And on that bunt attempt there, Grizzlies not asleep. Both Wilhite and Staten headed back toward third as uh, Wagner fielded that bunt. So the runner is in scoring position with Brown, and this will bring up the first baseman in Tara Motes. Again, not a whole lot has changed in the lineup from game six to game seven. Top six spots, seven included, all remain the same. Fly ball on the right. Right corner, Rosetti will track down there. Tara Motes is retired. Matter of fact, it's the exact same lineup all the way through offensively, one through nine for Greg Stewart. So two outs now as Motes flies in the mitt of Rosetti for round number two. Brown's up at second. And this will bring up the designated player in Allie Graham. Both these teams playing in their second, if necessary, game in their last three years. GGC lost to St. Xavier in 2016. And the Owls of Oregon Tech lost to Simpson back in 2016 as well. So that was the year both of these teams went game seven. It's the fifth consecutive opening round championship for Oregon Tech and the third for GGC. Swung on ground ball from Graham. That one's foul. The count now one and two. Pressure-packed situation here. Correction, make that one and one. Pressure-packed situation here, and when you get big games and big moments, you got to have your best players play to their potential and their ability. And Graham is that for the Owls. 
And a scoreless frame is so important here. That ball hit down the third baseline, but just a hair foul as a late foul ball call from the home put umpire. Greg Stewart did the best he could, but yeah, selling it. Yeah, sell he's even grinning ear to ear. And down the first baseline is the assistant coach, Bill Fagan. Bill Fagan in his 22nd year, been around, played baseball at Oregon Tech in the 70s. All three of his daughters played softball at Oregon Tech, and he was there when they made their first NAIA postseason appearance in 1997. So I'm sure he had some words of advice for his players. Fagan down the first baseline, 22 years. Stewart down the third baseline, 14 years at the helm of the Owls. 2-2 offering, first changeup we've seen from Widener. Misses up and away, now it's full and out, 3-2. and two. Allie Graham, 0 for 2 versus Hansis earlier today with a strikeout and a sack bunt. Reached on that error that got her all the way to third and scored in the sixth. Ball four just misses a bit low, and that's the adjustment not only the players and the fans are going to have to make here as it was a big, big strike zone in game number six here in game number seven. You have to throw it over the plate to get the strikes called today. And now you get the famous arm wave by Nikki Cook out in center and the bow she takes, but I don't mind that. You want to pitch around the All-American to get to the freshman, I'm okay with that every single day. And so this will bring up the freshman, Logan Newt's first pitch into center field. Nikki Cook taking charge, and actually her and Cox going to collide just a little bit and somehow physics does not kick in. The shorter Nikki Cook makes that catch. And the Grizzlies trying to shake off some nerves here in this if necessary contest. The good news, they get a zero up in the top half. Grizzlies will be the home team on the scoreboard here. Very important here in game number seven. We'll step aside. We'll come back, take a look at that revamped offensive lineup for Cat Eilenberg and the Grizzlies on the other side of this. You are watching the Grizzly Digital Network. All right, here we go, folks. Bottom of the first inning we go. Defensively for the Owls, like Novocaine. Give it time, it always works. Delamere, Doe, and Nukes in right. McGuire, Egay, Brown, Motes, Armand Trout. And Lauren Williams inside the center circle. The exact same lineup from game six to game seven for the 14-year veteran and Greg Stewart. For Cat Allenberg, change is coming. Cook Rossetti at the top. Robinson moves up to three. Will Hyde at four. Thickest at five. There's your power. Wagner's bat gets inserted lineup in the sixth spot, followed by the struggling Melton and Cox and Janko rounding out the lineup in the ninth spot. As Nikki Cook digs in the left-hander batter's box. And Daniel, this is not a knock on Nikki Cook. 
But we've all learned when Grizzly, when Nikki Cook goes, so do the Grizzlies. An emotional speech in between games, you can really set the tone for your team by finding your way in the base path here. I would say that's the biggest compliment you can give, the opposite of a knock. The fact that you are solely responsible for the ups and downs of your team shows how important you are. And for your career to keep going, your team needs to pick you up. Vice versa here for Nikki. 1-1 one, one count here. Nick slaps a single right up the shoot, and it's a good start for Georgia Gwinnett. We get a leadoff runner aboard, and this feels somewhat normal as the Grizzlies have Nikki Cook on base as the home team. Here's the first batter faced for Georgia Gwinnett. That's the most important thing. Pretend like this is the 12th game of the regular season. You just want to play as normal as you've played all season long. You're 51-4. and four. Michael Rosetti takes the first pitch upstairs for a ball. 1-0. We saw Nikki Cook steal five bases yesterday versus Oregon Tech. Just had one in the contest earlier today. See if we can light that fire on the base path. 0-1. Cook stays put. Rosetti takes that pitch for a strike, 1-1. One one. think also the change in the strike zone is going to benefit George Winnett more than the Owls. Tell me if I'm wrong here, Daniel, because of so sporadic and how wide – Grizzlies were having to swing out of their shoes just to determine whether it's a ball or strike. Now you can focus in. Cook on the move. Throw down the second. Not in time. Stolen base number 64 on the season. And so now you can focus in. You don't have to worry about the rise, swinging out of the rise ball or chasing a ball away. You can now focus in and realize, okay, I know where the strike zone is. I know my ability. And I've certainly seen Lauren Williams now for the fourth time in one day. And you got Armin Trout behind the plate. Not the best arm for the freshman. So Nikki Cook, stolen base, in scoring position. Rosetti takes that tough pitch for a strike. It's now two and two. And tough what, pitches, and it's a good one from Williams. Yeah, what what that does is takes away the bunt opportunity if you got to 3-1. But now if you're Raquin, you got to pull it. No matter what, pull the ball. Move the runner. Williams kicks and fires here. An inside pitch up and in. Rosetti lays off it. Now it's full of three and two. And with Tori on deck, she's one of the hotter hitters around the country as well. Don't have to worry about... Her potentially bunting, get on base any way possible, Raquin. Rosetti delivers a chopper right up the middle here. That'll deliver a base hit. Shallow center field is Doe. Quickly to the plate there. Rosetti's going to take second as Cook holds up at third. And this is a familiar feeling too as well. The Grizzlies off and running here in this if necessary game. Runners at second and third. And nobody out for the three-hole hitter, which is normally reside for Alyssa Melton. But in this case today, Tori Robinson will take center stage. Has not scored first against the Owls in these last two games, but GGC 37-0, and they can get on the board first and get the confidence, insert that juice. So Lauren Williams fires into Robinson. First pitch swing here, delivers a base hit up the middle. On comes Doe, on comes Cook. Rosetti stop sign here, and the Grizzlies have come to life here after getting their after getting shut out for the first time this season. Daniel, it was the first time since last year at the opening round versus Warner. The Grizzlies were shut out in a contest. Not going to be the case here in Game 7. And a quicker hook than a fly fisher on a Tuesday afternoon here as they're going to go with the freshman Abramson. I was wondering how much leeway they would give. It's a pair of slap singles up the middle, and that's it. But I think... Cat Eilenberg gave a little bit too much credit to Doe. Back-to-back hits up the middle. And now that you've seen that Sahaley Doe doesn't have the most impressive arm in the world down center, you can maybe swing that arm a little bit more. So a pitching change coming for Oregon Tech. Lauren Williams, after throwing 
almost 20 innings in a matter of two days will be removed from this contest, giving up a run here in the bottom of the first. I would say we'd take a break, but uh, forget those. Forget stepping aside here. We got some softball to talk about here. So Sidney Wilhite will hit with runners on the corners. And again, the pitcher, the new pitcher for the Owls will be number nine and Sarah Abramson. Here's a good look at uh, Robinson's base hit. Just a seeing eye single right up the middle. Tori Robinson didn't waste any time. First pitch swinging. She got a pitch she liked. It only took 10 pitches for GGC to dispose of the junior arm. And now they'll face the freshman that had their best in the first go around yesterday. But she got wild. Four walks from Abramson, three and a third, four runs, six strikeouts. You have to wonder if Stewart was a little hesitant to pull her out yesterday because of how GGC kept piling it on. But now he gets to make amends with the quick hook on his ace and going with the other ace with the stuff. Matt Mahoney as GGC just needs a fly ball here from Sydney to put on two and give some insurance over to Piper. Abramson's numbers are 2.02 ERA. 11 and 6 record on the year. 121 innings pitch, giving up 110 hits, 48 runs, 35 of them earned, 50 walks, and 120 strikeouts. Grizzlies were really good and not, uh, or should I say, really good at putting the ball in play. The strikeouts came early for Abramson, but the Grizzlies made that adjustment the second time to the lineup. So for all these Grizzlies, including Sidney Wilhite, this is going to be the third at bat they've, they've seen. Sarah Abramson as Wilhite fouls the first pitch off. Swing at the second one and two. Hits one in the right center field. On comes Nudes making the catch. Tagging up will be Rossetti. Here comes a throw to the plate and it's not in time. Standing up is Rossetti and so are the Grizzlies in this if necessary game number seven. The Grizzlies lead two to nothing in the first. Did not want to wait around for a two strike opportunity for Abramson to put her away. She swung at the first two pitches and needed a, I mean any any type of contact. I don't want to say a double play would have been nice, but at the end of the day, you hit into a double play there if you're Sydney. It's not the worst thing because it works as a run scorer. And here the sacrifice fly lines up for your girl Brianna, who owes you two RBIs. She if, does. If I'm counting correctly, she does. I, I didn't get one in game number one. Our first shutout of the season. And so now Fickus will dig in. Robinson staying put over at first. There's only one out in the inning. That's Fickus legitimately the DP in this lineup. And again, that ball loop right over the plate there. It gets away from the catcher. I thought it might have been a foul ball, but no, it's a pass ball past Armentrouse. And I got a feeling that Armentrouse, much like us, wondered how Fickus missed that pitch. Yeah, that was juicy. And the freshman catcher, I'll say it again, she's the bat in this lineup, the phenom who loves to get up there, but... The veteran on the bench, the defensive catcher. 1-1 count. They stay away from Fickus, and now a hitter's count for the DP. First team all-conference selection at Corona, California. Fickus reached on two fielders' choice versus Abramson yesterday. 2-1. Now misses low. Now make it 3-1. Fickus hit 20 home runs as a member of Georgia Highlands. Was a third-team All-American back in 2017. Putting together All-American numbers if you... Had her penciled in for the entire season, and she kept it up. But the way that she takes balls is – I'm going to keep saying it. I know you're probably tired of hearing it at home, but the patience from a power hitter is something that is such a rare duo. And so Fickus will take the walk. They might have peaked on deck and saw Piper Wagner, whose last at bat was about three weeks ago. And so they'll ask her, the pitcher, to dig in, grab a bat, and takes the first pitch for a strike. She had a base hit in the AII tournament. Extended her hitting streak to four games, which stretches, yeah, about a couple weeks. As that ball flared to the right side, long way to go for the first baseman and Motes. That'll drop 
out of play. So the count now 0-2. If I'm not mistaken, Piper Wagner scored the run on the Aubrey Cox walk-off, quote-unquote, to win the AII tournament in five-inning style against Talladega. And this is not a move out of desperation for Cat Eilenberg. Piper Wagner is a very good hitter. As we get a stoppage in play here, we've got the base umpire has John Eilenberg all the way in fair territory by about six feet. The only thing I can think of here is John Eilenberg's trying to tell the umpire to keep an eye on something the pitcher's doing. Maybe it's a crow hop. That's the only thing I can think of, but that was strange. You see Cat Eilenberg stop the pitcher Abramson from throwing? I I got the other way around. I think the base umpire doesn't like something going on in a grizzly dugout. And now there's a baseball on the softball field. Chaos has ensued in game seven. The circus is in town in Lawrenceville. I think it's the other way around. I think the grizzlies might have been doing something in the dugout. The only reason to... Assistant coach should be in fair territories if the base umpire kind of called him over there. And it is a raucous scene down the first baseline, too, for the Grizzlies in the foreign area that is the first base dugout for them. One ball, two strikes. Abramson delivering in. Piper Wagner chased that pitch there, frustrated with herself. She goes down swinging. Abramson again. And the start yesterday versus George Winnett picked up five strikeouts. Got all five of the strikeouts the first time through the lineup as the Grizzlies made the adjustments the second time through the lineup, picking up five hits and scoring four runs. So this is literally the third time through the lineup for GGC versus Abramson. Some of the Grizzlies, like Cook and Rossetti, have already seen her three times. As Alyssa Melton is one of those same characters too as well. But Abramson had her number yesterday. And now we'll see. I might just be overthinking things, but we'll see if, Coach Eilenberg lit a little fire under E over here, putting her down on the lineup. And if she can come up big here, that would make it all better. Melton, a junior out of Grovetown, Georgia here. Takes that one for a tough ball. Just misses high for Abramson. Count now 3-0. and And Abramson can turn it up. She had a lively rise and a gorgeous changeup. I haven't seen the changeup yet, but when she pulls the string, you'll know. Rise ball again. Checked in on the top shelf. Count out three and one. That's a dangerous pitch. When the rise ball is a strike, not a good thing for a pitcher. Obviously on 3-0, that's what you want to do, but very often that rise ball, if it's a strike, is getting crushed. Melton, a good take there and an inside pitch right at the knees. Count three and two. And, Daniel, we can say that Abramson's got a little bit more velocity than what Lauren Williamson had. Williamson, a lot more movement left to right, more of a vertical pitcher versus, or excuse me, more of a horizontal pitcher than the vertical pitcher that Abramson is, and a loose line drive back toward the pitcher, and Abramson, she'll make the snag for out number three. But the Grizzlies come to life here in the finale of game seven. They get two runs in the first frame as Georgia Gwinnett leads two to nothing. We'll head to the second here on the Grizzly Digital Network. There are over 10,000 live events throughout the course of the year, so go to NAINetwork.com to watch all the exciting network amateur action.
The NAI Champions of Character program helps students understand and embody what character truly means. It also provides student athletes, coaches, and parents the training to do, know, and value the right thing, both inside and outside of sports. Learn more at championsofcharacter.org. Familiar feeling for Georgia Gwinnett. They're the home team on the scoreboard wearing a black uniform. We hit at the top of the second inning. The Grizzlies lead 2 to nothing. GGC has outscored its opponents 67-28 to in the first innings in this season. As Piper Widener get a little run support for the freshman, and she'll take on the 6, 7, and 8 spots in the line. The first pitch swinging here is Toy Robinson throws it about 99 miles an hour across that infield to retire McGuire for out number one. The energy in the infield right now is contagious because Alyssa Melton just threw it maybe 97 right back at her to go around the horn. You could tell these girls want this so badly, and I'm not saying the Owls don't because you know there's going to be a fight from these 40-win Owls. Yeah, 40 wins this season for Oregon Tech as 38, close to 40 wins, but another successful year. And it's all coming down to this one, Matt, and you got to believe that Piper Wagner is trying to bring her A stuff as these hitters are doing the same. Rachel Delamar digs in the left-handed hitter, or excuse me, the left fielder. Sits one in the center field right at Nikki Cook. Chest high squeeze for out number two. Deja vu from the last out from last night. As Nikki Cook caught the final out in center field off the bat of Tara Motes. I was a little concerned about Nikki Cook's overnight health after Anya Vanderstip tackled her right outside the center circle. But Cook, back to regular form here in the finale. Two outs, nobody on for the catcher. And McKinney, arm and trout. That one's hit well to left. Back goes Aubrey Cox. Still going. That's got a shot. It's off the top of the tape of the fence. Cox gets to it pretty quickly back toward the infield as arm shot. Missed a home run by about 18 inches to the left field wall. And the Owls come to life in the second with a big base knock. That's your second double of this doubleheader. Allowed double off the top of the wall. Had one against Hansis in the first game that these two teams played today. Remember, this is the third game of the day for the Owls. And it doesn't look like they are slowing down one bit. Chopper towards Staten, but it's foul on the third base side. For Shayna Ige, shortstop, getting it done with the glove in this opening round, trying to contribute with the bat. And she hit in the leadoff spot yesterday versus Piper Widener and had some success with one for four performance and a double. Hiding out down here in the nine spot. Hasn't been the best of performances so far for Ige, but a two for two game against Hansis really snapped her out of a one for nine start to this tournament. So Wagner likes what she sees from Wilhite. Kicks back, rares, and fires to the plate. There's a strike right over the heart. Belt, belt tie. Wagner ahead 0-2. Opportunities like this is where you get to see what Piper's feeling. This is where you want to go with the pitcher most confident with for the out. And today it's going to be the change early on. Little set-up pitch there. Likes to change up. I think we need to have a camera just on Nikki Cook <laughs> when there's two strikes because <laughs> she's great. One ball, two strikes. Wagner kicks and fires. Ige delivers here. Looper in the right. On comes Rosetti. She'll squeeze it over top of her head. And it's a one, two, three, four inning for Piper Wagner. Strands a two-out double. She gets to fly into right. And a zero goes up for Wagner and the Grizzlies. In the top half of the second. Two-nothing Grizzlies lead. We go to the home half. You are watching the finale of the NAI opening round in the Lawrenceville bracket here on the Grizzly Digital Network.
Fans, join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag NAI Softball. You can also get an inside look at the Grizzly Digital Network by following us on Twitter at GN underscore production. Keep up with news and notes from around the NAI. Follow them at NAI. We'd love to hear from our fans from all over the world, so let's do it. Log on Twitter right now and use the hashtag NAI Softball. You get some news and notes from around the NAI there, Daniel. The first team has punched their ticket into the World Series, and that is Marion, the one seed out of Indiana, winning Bowling Green bracket number one over Corbin. Corbin out of Oregon in the same conference as Oregon Tech, and Marion defeated Oregon Tech last season in the opening round championship game to go to the World Series, so they'll be going for consecutive seasons. And GGC looking to be the second. Oregon Tech also looking to be the second spot. Looks like no other bracket will be decided today. Maybe the other Bowling Green one. Yep, excuse me. Campbellsville against Faulkner. Coming up in a couple hours, they are a championship game one without the necessary game. That'll be at 5.30. Bottom of the second we go here. Cox, Janko, and Cook do up for Georgia Winnett. Put a two runs up in the first. Can we keep that momentum going here in the second? I want to thank a bunch of fans that are tuned in here on Twitter using that hashtag NAI softball. Continue to do so as Cox takes Allen for a strike. The consensus is, Daniel, amongst our Twitter followers here is uh, – no connection from game six to game seven. It's its own game and its own momentum. doesn't matter. It doesn't count. And clearly, clearly the Grizzlies are potentially proving that true here in this seventh inning contest. Cox fouls this one in a foul territory. Get your glove, Daniel. Oh, I want one so bad. It's, my, <laughs> it's on the bucket list. Well, you can't do it with the window shut and the air conditioning on. you got to make some sacrifices here. Maybe next time. <laughs> one other bracket does finish up today. It's the Columbia bracket in Kentucky where St. Xavier takes on Freed Hardeman today at or about now, they're playing right now, game six. That'll be game seven coming up tonight if needed. St. Xavier ties in with GGC because they stole the Grizzlies' chance to make history back in 2016 with the win in the if-necessary game against the Grizzlies. Classic case in 2016 is you face a tough team and an excellent competitor that was Nicole Nonamaker. You just tip your hat and move on because that St. X team rode their pony all the way through the opening round and made a deep run of the World Series, too, as well. So... Well, how young we were in year four and how much we've grown to year six. At uh, You face a pitcher like Nonamaker or Lauren Williams or Sarah Abramson, and the Grizzlies are much more prepared for this opening round thanks to a performance like Nonamaker was in 2016. Two balls, two strikes. As Aubrey Cox starting to put the bat on the ball a little bit better here in this at-bat. Still nothing in fair territory just yet, but at least working to count three and two. It's changing the right direction. And an update, GGC leading Kaiser University baseball in the winner's bracket 6-2 to two in the eighth. Alex Garland had a big two-run shot to give the Grizzlies a 6-2 advantage. 3-2. That one fouled off again, and Aubrey Cox looking to be returning to somewhat normal form. And you can almost see the confidence starting to grow like grass on the May month that gets sprinkled with a little water. As you can just see, the swing is better earlier today. Now she's making a little bit more contact, starting to see the ball a little bit better. You know, it also grows on grass in the morning. Dew. Dew. Cox. That would have been so perfect. Inside-out swing there. Excuse me, uh, lifts that one in foul territory as Moats will hold that one in. But still, got to be feeling better if you're Aubrey Cox about that plate appearance versus what we've seen already in this opening round. So with one out, this will bring up Polly Janko. Janko. 
First pitch into Janko, hits for a strike, 0 1. Holly Janko. Pretty good appearance versus Sarah Abraham yesterday. One for two with a strikeout, but again, that's second time through the lineup. Made the adjustments with a single and scored her on after a stolen base. Abraham, some kicks and fires here. Janko inside out swing, fouls that one off. GGC doing a good job not allowing Abramson to have a clean first look through the lineup like she did yesterday. Went through the first nine hitters in less than 40 pitches yesterday, Abramson did. Here, a 10-pitch at-bat from Cox. Now Janko fouling off some pitches and just forcing Abramson to really work out here in the sun. That one just clips the outside corner there. I think Abramson might have missed her spot because... she did. Armstrong was way outside in the other batter's box, and the pitch kind of missed in back toward the plate, which gave the home point umpire a much easier path to see that pitch. And so Janko goes down looking for the second strikeout from Sarah Abramson. There's the one downside of maybe peeking and seeing where the catcher is because maybe Janko saw that Armstrong was way outside and decided to take all the way, and it came and snuck in and caught the outside corner. It was a good call. This home plate umpire on his game so far today. So two outs. Back to the top of the lineup for Nikki Cook. Once through the lineup for GDC, two runs on three hits. Cook setting the table here at the top of the lineup. We're going to try to work our way on the base path with two outs. Batting average up over 5'10 now for Cook. 5'11 as she is getting closer and closer to that 6'03 mark from last season. And don't you tell me superstitions aren't real. I won't. The jersey... 1-0 against Oregon Tech. <laughs> they ditched the pinstripes after the loss today. Went right back to the Blacks. 3-0 here. Cook taking all the way. She'll take the four-pitch pass and move on down to first base. Cook had tremendous success versus Abramson yesterday. Went three for three with three singles in addition to two stolen bases. So Cook already with a stolen base in this contest versus Williams. And now she'll get the green light here yeah, you can versus go ahead, Abramson. Go ahead and pencil that as a double. First pitch, not going there. Rosetti, a patient at bat, takes the first one for a strike, 0-1. Until you see Armin Trout throw out a base runner, there's no reason to stop. We haven't seen it yet in this tournament. 0-1, Cook stays put again on the pitch on the outside corner, dives back in the bag at first safely as the tag applied by Motes. Top of the lineup due up for Oregon Tech in the top of the third, and I know the players aren't thinking about it, but the coaches... Peeking, always peeking to see what's due up in the next half of the inning. 1-1 one, one pitch, an all-speed pitch misses away. Rosetti gets ahead 2-1. and one. So any extra, any extra run you can possibly garner here with a two-out rally is extra important. And once again, that outfield is so in. 2-1, Rosetti slaps 1-1 one, one hopper to the third baseman there, gloved nicely by McGuire and tosses out Rosetti across the infield for out number so the Grizzlies don't get anything in the second, but they have some quality at bat versus Sarah Abramson who throws up a zero. Grizzlies leading two to nothing. We head to the third here on the Grizzly Digital Network.
The NEI Champions Character Program helps students understand and embody what character truly means. It also provides student-athletes, coaches, and parents the training to do, know, and value the right thing. So if it's time outside of sports, learn more uh, at championshipcharacter.org. Sixty-five thousand student athletes, two hundred and sixty college campuses, twenty-five national championship events, and five hundred million dollars in athletic aid. Get in the game today at playnai.org. We go to the top of the third inning. Piper Widener, the two-nothing lead, and she'll go through this lineup for the second time. And again, putting things in perspective from yesterday to today, Widener gave up two unearned runs in the second. And the second time through the lineup, that was the point where at one point she retired seven owls in a row. And so now this is basically the fifth time through the lineup for Oregon Tech seeing Piper Wagner. 18th start of the year, and she has 18 wins and no losses. I think she's won every single start. Can't necessarily remember every single one. Double check for you guys. 1-1 count. Wagner working on Brown is... Daniels working on some websites. 1-1 one, one offering here, an off-speed pitch. That one floats in there for a strike, and Widener's got that one for a strike. It's going to be a long day for Oregon Tech. And we saw it last inning. When it was 0-2 against a non-power threat, what did she go with? She went with the change, so that's the one that Piper's feeling. 1-2 versus Kiana Brown. Launched the home run the last at-bat here. As... Wagner had her number, a 0 for 3 performance in yesterday's contest, and it was Brown that put that ball into right center field that Nikki Cook robbed of a base hit that really changed the momentum of that contest. And now Brown will put a comeback right toward Wagner. She'll step and throw over to first for out number one. The results are in. Piper Wagner, 17 starts, all 17 of them victories, 14 of them complete game variety. Just a, a season to behold. It's hard to not give her the AII pitcher of the year. It's such a tough decision when you have to choose between two of the same staff. All speed pitch floats in there just a bit high there. Not a bad idea versus Sahaley Doe. I think I saw a smile from Wagner because she didn't get the call there. And that's not, we don't see that often. That means she's as loose as we've seen her so far in this postseason. We mentioned it yesterday. It almost looks like she's mad at times. A high chopper over to. Robinson, who fields it off the shoe tops, and again throws a rocket over to Alyssa Melton for out number two. And it's not that Wagner's mad, frustrated, or angry. It's just her her focused face. I don't know what you want to describe it, but it's got the visor real low on the cap. And so if you catch that smile, that's more of her personality versus what you see out there inside the center circle from number nine. The zone. Call it the zone. So two outs. Nobody on. First pitch swinging here. A sky-high fly ball into center from Motes. Nikki Cook still going back, and that's a home run. A solo shot of the center field wall. 
hit the roof of the camera well out there to the left of the batter's eye. And a big bat from Tara Motes. Touch them all. It's a solo shot for the Owls here in the top of the third. And that wasn't just a home run. That was smashed easily 235, maybe 240. And if it wasn't for that well out there, it might have smashed the car as well. We've been hyping up Tara Motes this entire week. And aside from the triple in game one, Motes had not had a single Besides that, but hitting 353, she showed off the power for her seventh long ball of the season. So the Owls get on the board here with a solo shot in the top of the third, and this will bring up the DP in Allie Graham. Only the second home run allowed by Wagner this year. The other one was against Talladega about a month ago. First pitch misses up and away for a ball, 1-0 to Allie Graham. Graham had a couple of positive at-bats versus Wagner yesterday, a single and a walk. Wagner trying to get refocused in here. Finds the zone and a 1-1 count. And you have to believe when that GGC baseball game is over, you're going to double the amount of fans over here at softball, which will only double the home field advantage. Because as of now, I'll call the fans out a little bit. I'd like to hear them a little louder in this game seven, last game in Lawrenceville here in 2018. Have an impact. Definitely a bunch of nervous anxiety sitting at the edge of their seat. GGC looking to punch their ticket to the... World Series for the first time in program history. As Allie Graham takes a look at that curveball for a strike, it's now two and two. Miner trying to minimize the damage here in the third. Off-speed pitch, Tapper back toward, toward Wagner. Wagner over to Robinson, who bare hands in a bang-bang play goes Graham's way. As Wagner again, just barely getting her glove on it. Robinson making the most of the situation. And what would have been a spectacular play ends up as a two-out infield single. And another situation where you wish that Piper didn't react as well as she did. It happened yesterday. She prevented a possible double play from happening, and it ended up just getting one out. Today it happens, and it leads to a single with two outs and a mini two-out rally brewing the home run. Now you have a speedster on the base paths in left lane at first. Just got to get the hitter here. The freshman popped out last time up, but she's having one whale of a week. If there was any of the Owls that had the most success versus Piper Wagner, it's Logan Nunes. One for two yesterday, had an RBI single as well as a walk. Big important walk in the seventh is she represented the, oh, she was on the base path, basically with the bases loaded there on that ball that got hit into the center field. So she kind of started that rally with the walk in the seventh. First pitch misses for a ball, second one, pounds the mid to Sydney Wilhite for a strike. It's even a one and one. That's an extra special changeup there from Piper. Maybe took two or three miles per hour off of it, and now she's in another strikeout count. No strikeouts today, though, for Wagner. If you're uh, calling out the fans, I'll do so as well over from the baseball park over here to the softball. How about the ones getting off work here on a Tuesday afternoon in Metro Atlanta? Head on down I-85, head west on 316, get off here at GGC, and come on into the ballpark. We'd love to have everybody here tuned in in person and support the Grizzlies. who have a 2-1 lead going into the bottom of the third inning and a chance to go to Claremont, Florida on the line for both these teams. You are watching the Grizzly Digital Network. Attention fans, if you or someone you know is interested, is, is interested in getting recruited to play in the NAI Showcase, there's still a person at the NAI Showcase event. NAI College coaches will be in attendance where over 150 scholarships were offered in previous events. 
in the United Showcase event that's already planned for the summer of 2018. Go to NAIShowcase.com for more information. Attention fans, if you or someone you know is interested in getting recruited to play in the NAI, showcase your skills in person at the NAI Showcase at one of the events this summer. Log on to NAIShowcase.com for more information. Bottom of the third we go here. Due up four, George Winnett, three, four, and five. Robinson, Wilhite, and Fickus. Grizzlies leading two to one here as we go to the home half. Robinson, big RBI single on her first at bat versus Abramson. Again, Lauren Williams got the start for the Owls. She threw only 10 pitches, gave up two base runners, and then they turned to Sarah Abramson. Excuse me, three batters face, and then they turned to Sarah Abramson in a relief appearance. And yeah, three base knocks right up the middle, almost identical hits. Smack, Cook, Smack, Rossetti, RBI hit, RBI hit up the middle for Robinson, and then the hook was out, and since then it's worked out for Coach Stewart out there in the third base dugout because Abramson ended up getting through that frame untouched. And again, this will bring up Sidney Wilhite with one out. Nobody on here as Robinson flies out two right. And again, the Grizzlies saw Abramson in the 5-2 win last night at the Grizzlies softball complex. Grizzlies won and punched their ticket in the winner's bracket to the driver's seat. But here come the Owls out of that elimination contest. They forced the, if necessary, game with a 4-0 win earlier today versus Georgia Winnett. This is the third game in a row today. Fourth game in a row going back to yesterday for this Oregon Tech team as Wilhite grounds out to the shortstop for out number two. And so all things square between these two teams record-wise, the winner of this one will go to the World Series in Claremont, Florida. And this defense for the Owls doing everything correct. Not necessarily going above and beyond. Third base, McGuire makes every play. Ige gets short, makes every play. Brown is the one that does go above and beyond. Sprawling out, nearly making fantastic catches. But in the outfield, Doe in center has covered her ground. Delamar back to the track a couple times. And Nunez, can't say enough good things about her. Pickish yesterday reached on two fielders' choice from Sarah Abramson. She digs in here with two outs and nobody on in a 2-1 count. Fickus in from the right. Abramson in from the right as well. This one delivering Fickus. Might have chased the pitch out of the zone, but Fickus has an aggressive swing in that right-handed batter's box. You don't see that often, but every once in a while you can give her the swing at anything you think you can clobber call from Cat. I wonder if it's one of those like every count is a hitter's count for Brianna Fickus. As we talk about it. If it's a strike in any count, first pitch, second pitch, 2-2, two, 3-1, two, 0-2. Oh, if it's a strike, it's a hitter's pitch for I mean, Brianna Fickus. To me, there's a runner in scoring position right now. <laughs> two pulls, two strikes, two outs. Abramson deliver. Fickus sharply hit toward the shortstop as Ige kind of fumbles this one, then an underhand flip over to the first. And Brianna Fickus not only beats out that ground ball, but a little emotional kind of hand clap there for Fickus. First time we've seen that sort of positivity out of her 
and keeping the ball in the ballpark. We see that normally when she hits it over the fence, but when she keeps it in the park, what a nice hustle play. She'll get down to the bag at first. And just as I say that, an error committed by Ige out there, only her seventh of the season, number 51 for this defense of the Owls. But that's a tough play, a short hop made. She might have taken a little bit more time had she realized who was in the batter's box, but Ige rushed it. Benefits GGC, and now they put pinch runner over at first, and Piper Wagner comes to the plate. I'll apologize on behalf of all of us here in the Grizzly Digital Network for Daniel's error on e- on Ige there on that play, jinxing her. Yeah. Makes all the play, like literally 30 seconds ago. I'm so sorry, fans. <laughs> so do you, I, 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 the honest question, do you, this is a topic in our world. Do you believe in a broadcaster jinx with no hitters and perfect Can't games? Can't do it. I don't Can't think. do it. Now I, oh, so you stay away from I, it. I don't say that, but I don't. you can't believe in jinxing if you're broadcasters. You have right. to say the, the free throw percentage. You have to say that. But those words I don't use unless it's a national type of broadcast and you want the fans to know that are unbiased. That's just my opinion in the matter. I don't say those words if I'm doing a GDN broadcast for a Grizzly game or a blank broadcast for a blank game. But if it's an ESPN 3 production or something like that, you'd let the fans know because you're unbiased. Sure. I think it's important that, like, you keep the knowledge where it belongs. So in the dugout, yeah, nobody's going to say perfect game or no hitter. They're going to stay away from that pitcher literature routine. But not like they got the broadcast bugged in the dugout and they can hear what we say. Of course. I mean, not like he gets heard, you heard say, you say. You could say 21 up, 21 down. Yeah, I, absolutely. Just those perfect words are just, I sure. was taught as a child, sure, just, they're sacramental. All right, fair enough. Liner over at first, Buzzby up at second. This brings up Alyssa Melton versus Sarah Abramson. 0 1 count. That one just a bit high there. Abramson kind of slouches her shoulders. They're wondering when that pitch is at. And again, a tighter zone here from game seven to game six to game seven. For the. First time today, and hopefully not the last time, Daniel, the glory goes to the Grizzlies. GDC baseball will advance in the winner's bracket, much like softball did last night. Grizzlies take down Kaiser, and now you get your you get your fans. are going to wander over here to the Grizzly softball complex and wonder if GGC can punch their ticket on the softball side of the World Series for the first time in program history. Melton hits this one into left center field. On comes Delamar, but she'll make the running catch. In shallow left field for out number three. So the Grizzlies get a couple of base runners, but leave them both on the base path as we will play three innings. Grizzlies lead two to one here on the Grizzly Digital Network.
Ted Townsend, the official ring manufacturer of the NEI, providing rings for an exclusive circle of champions. The Legion Awards is the official trophy and award provider of the NEI. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, here in Lawrenceville, Georgia, one of the ten host sites for the NAI opening round. We're in the Lawrenceville bracket, game number seven, the must-necessary, if-necessary contest between Georgia Gwinnett and Oregon Tech. The winner will go to Claremont, Florida, to the World Series. GGC looking to do it for the first time. Oregon Tech looking to do it for the third time. Piper Wagner taking on Irene McGuire. Still turn around the first pitch she sees in the center field for a base hit. Back-to-back -back innings where the first pitch of the inning is clobbered. Armand Trout got the double last time out. Here it's McGuire. And I think Piper Wagner might need to start throwing a couple balls to start off each inning just to see if Oregon Tech is too swing happy because we've seen early on they've been crushing that first pitch. And so McGuire will be over at first. The pinch runner will be number 24 in Ciara Barkas, a junior out of Graham, Washington. First time she's seen the field versus GGC in this opening round. And Barkas is over at first, represents the tying run in the top of the fourth inning. GGC leading 2-1 to one as Rachel Delamere will dig in. See if the bunt sign is on early for Greg Stewart. Now I'll swing a high fly ball into center field. No bunting here as Cook will camp underneath that one and make the catch for round number two. First pitch Excuse me, round number again. one. First pitch swinging again. And so for those of you keeping track at home or not keeping track at home, both GGC baseball and GGC softball, one win away from punching that ticket to the World Series. Baseball trying to make the long trek up to Idaho. Softball trying to make the short trip down to Florida. As Armand Trout digs in, takes the first pitch for a strike on one. One out in the inning here. Armand Trout, 275 hitter on the season, five doubles, eight RBIs, and 11 runs scored. Takes that one for another strike as Widener gets a hit 0-2. Reiner looked into the mid of Wilhite and delivers. Nice ball misses upstairs. Set up pitch for Armantrout. One and two. Armantrout's liked that inside corner so far. Both of her hits today have been doubles to left on inside pitches. One, two. They stay away. Pokes one over top of Janko's head, and it drops in for a base hit. Cook looking like a shortstop there. Comes up firing into second base, but beating it out will be Barkus. And two runners aboard via two singles for the Owls. Now, I know we never say any good things about Nikki Cook, but her, <laughs> her softball IQ is so high, it's overlooked the fact that she could have easily laid out and tried to make a miraculous catch. But if she misses it, we have a tie game. And now she keeps it in front of her. Bottom of the lineup's up. Piper Wagner just has to do her thing. So Oregon Tech rallying here in the top of the fourth inning. GGC scored two runs in the first. Tech gets a run in the third. Now here we are in the fourth. Runners at first and second and one out for the nine-hole hitter and Shana Ige. 
She hit the leadoff spot earlier in this tournament. Now bumped down to the nine hole. Turns this around off the foot of Wagner. It ricochets over to Robinson. And speaking of IQ, Robinson gets the lead runner at third for out number two. And the Grizzlies are going to regroup, including Wagner inside the center circle. Took a line drive off the top of the foot. Fortunate things happen. Unfortunate things happen. Earlier in the game, we saw Piper get a piece of one that led to an infield single. Here she kicks it. She did move her foot. I don't know if it was intentional or just a reaction to a ball coming right at you, but her foot definitely moved just a little bit, just enough to deflect the ball. Tori Robinson, if there was a slower runner, probably would have tried to go with the 6-4 or the one six four three double play. Instead, <laughs> she goes with the one six five fielder's choice and keeps that tying run at second base here with, I believe, a pair of outs. Yeah, a pair of outs here in the fourth. So two outs, two runners still aboard. We roll things back to the top of the lineup. For Keanu Brown. Brown, one for, excuse me, 0 for 1 in this contest with a walk and a comebacker to the pitcher and Piper Wagner. Dangerous hitter. 0 1. This one's off the end of the bat and down the right field side and up top of the Grizzly dugout. And Daniel asking, You shall receive. The Grizzly fans have made their way over here to the Grizzly softball complex as players are just now exiting the field, heading into the showers. And I'm sure this place will be packed here momentarily. Wandering like the Egyptians through the desert, Matt. Trying to find Messiah over here as the Grizzlies do the same. 0-2 count here. This one gets away from Wilhite. Wilhite had to rattle it in and out of the glove. And now two runners move into scoring position on the wild one. As Armand trot over to third. Ige up into second. Now the tying run is 30, 60 feet away. And the go-ahead run is in scoring position with two outs. In a one-two count. I'm throwing three pitches out of the strike zone here. Pitching around the power hitter. That one's off the end of the bat toward Janko. Snakes toward her. Quickly comes over to first. Bang, bang goes the Grizzlies way. Nice job by Janko. Just enough wherewithal to get the out over at first. As uh, Piper Wagner and the Grizzlies leave two runners on the base path with the go-ahead run in scoring position. Grizzlies toss up a zero in the top of the fourth. Coming to the plate. Here in the bottom half, 2-1, George Winnett leads here on the Grizzly Digital Network. Well, 
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Bottom of the fourth inning we go. Aubrey Cox, first pitch swing, and delivers a base hit in the right field. Aubrey Cox, we talked about improving that swing, getting better and better, seeing the softball with each and every at-bat. And as Daniel mentioned, she'll turn around her first postseason NAI National Tournament base hit here and start things off for Georgia Gwinnett in the bottom of the fourth. Grizzlies last time they had a leadoff runner aboard was Nikki Cook in the first with a single. She later came in to score in a Tory Robinson RBI. Holly Janko digs in versus Sarah Abramson. Janko first pitch swing and hit sky high fly ball to the left side. Ige drifting back, but Delamore will call her off and make the catch for out number one. Janko, who's been so good this entire tournament long today, a little bit bigger swings, I think. Not necessarily what you want from Holly, but can't be upset what you've had from the freshman of the year so far this season. Now Nikki Cook up, and with this one-run game and how Oregon Tech's been hitting Piper Wagner the last few innings, Cox means a lot at first. This ball gets away from the catcher in Armantrout, and so our Aubrey Cox will turn up into second base, and the Grizzlies have a big runner at second and one out here for Nikki Cook. Cook in this ball game here today. One for one, been on the base path twice with a single and a walk. Big, 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 big at bat here for the lone senior on this Grizzly roster. 22 ribbies on the year for Cook. As Cook takes that one for a strike. Kind of even a one and one. And Cox has speed at second. I'd look to see anything hit softly to the outfield. I don't know. They're actually so in. I take that back. I think we just got to go station to station here if you're Cat. Cook's got some extra base hit, uh, some extra base hit ability in her bat. As, again, for the second time in two days, the ball goes off the knob of Nikki Cook's bat in foul territory. This time at least she had dropped the bat and attempted to go to first, but how unfortunate is the up and in pitch on a foul ball at now one and two. Yeah, I'm sorry, Nikki. You're just not getting invited to the Oscars. It's just <laughs> not happening. At least shake your hands or something, but... Nonetheless, you get the All-American for another at-bat. 1-2, up and away for a ball. Now it's 2-2. Two two. Abramson, about the first time she's come in against the Slappers, was on that foul ball off the knob of the bat. She stayed away for the most part. 32 strikes, 25 balls for the freshman, struggling to find the zone again, back-to-back days. 2-2, two two. Cook turns on this one, loops it in foul territory, trying to make the basket catches the third baseman of McGuire, but just beyond her range and her reach, she's kind of got turned around on that ball in foul territory. That's Cook. Gets a third life in this at-bat in a 2-2 count. Gotta love how every single player in all of these teams have been just laying out every chance they can. McGuire, no worries about her legs. Just goes as fast as she can. Cook, a hard chopper over to third. Nice job there by eBay to get to the batted ball. Knew she couldn't throw out Cook, but Cox got on her horse and dangerously Gets around the ground ball, and she's safe at third as well. And the Grizzlies putting out a rally here in the fourth. Second single today for Cook. She's been on the base path three times. Greg Stewart up out of the dugout to talk things over and check the pulse of his freshman, Sarah Abramson. Two games yesterday, and then the game earlier today. Yesterday, Nikki Cook, four for four in the win. Today, Nikki Cook, earlier today, one for three. That's five of seven. Yesterday, Nikki Cook, three for three. That's eight of 11. And today, Nikki Cook, two of two, 10 of 13 at the plate for Nikki Cook. 
All you math majors back home, you guys know what 10 to 13 is, but us in the booth, get out our handy calculator. I knew you were going with this. That's why I stayed quiet. 769 batting average. Stay quiet. because 769 at the plate in this tournament for Nikki Cook. And now the baseball team has come to show their support in the stands. Again, the GDC baseball program picked up a big win over Kaiser the Grizzlies on the men's side, on the baseball side, in the driver's seat. 2-0 in the opening round. That's where the Grizzlies were on the softball side, too, as well. But now we're in the if-necessary game. GGC leading 2-1 here in the bottom of the fourth inning. They're the home team with two runners on the base path and Ray Crone Rosetti at the plate. She's 1-2 today versus Abramson with a single and a run scored back in the first. Cook's on the move, and you might as well just put the yield sign up there for the defense because Cook has the right of way from first to second. Getting closer and closer to that 71 steal total of last season that coming into this tournament you thought was nearly insurmountable, but I think that's 12 steals just in two days for Nikki. Going to be her 65th stolen base of the season. 3-1 count to Rossetti. Hitters count. Slaps this one just foul past the glove of McGuire as it t- twists toward Eilenberg as Eilenberg feels like she's wearing a bullseye and a target on her back in this game as many foul balls as she's seen. And with the infield in and a slapper at the plate. Robesetti puts this ball towards short. Quick throw over to first. Cox was on the move the whole way. Ige never looked toward the dish. And the Grizzlies get a big execution at bat as Rosetti knocks in Aubrey Cox. And the Grizzlies take a 3-1 lead here in the bottom of the fourth. I'm stunned. I paused that because I was about to be in the middle of saying hard to send her on contact. But Ige I don't think she even expected Cox to go. She just was in and assumed Cox would be holding. Get the easy out at first with the speedster. Grizzlies beat the system there, and they get the extra insurance run. Now they lead by two with nine outs remaining. Speed definitely puts pressures on the defense, and pressure on the defense forces mistakes. Robinson an inside out swing. Line drive into right with Nikki Cook over at third. Robinson jumps all over the first pitch and almost delivered another clutch RBI versus Oregon Tech. Instead, GGC... It's the run back that they gave up in the third with a run in the fourth. We head to the fifth. Grizzlies leading 3-1 to one here on the Grizzly Digital Network. Out 
NAI would like to recognize its national corporate sponsors, their support of the NAI through the championship season. Herf Jones, Mutual of Omaha Insurance, Collegian Awards, Shorts Travel Management, National Car Rental, and Fine Designs. We head to the fifth inning here. GGC got a big run back. 3 ones your score. Piper Wagner, the freshman inside the center circle for GGC, going up against say Haley Doe. Two, three, and four spots in a big inning for this Owl team. We've talked about it before, Daniel. One mistake puts the tying run at the plate, but if you do the math, with three innings remaining, you really don't want to see Motes, Graham, and Nudez coming back up to the plate in potentially the seventh frame. There's a ground ball issue to Janko. Backhanded play at short, stretch by Melton to get the play. Big timeout, and you just mentioned it as well. You don't want Motes at the plate representing the tying run. You get that first out to Doe. Now, yes, worst case scenario, she hits another home run. You still have the lead. So Motes digs in. Pop went out of the ballpark on a sky-high fly ball over the center field wall. Got a lot of that ball and elevated it into center field. And it was the first pitch. As an off-speed pitch from Wagner, misses away. So I love the call by Metters in the dugout. Make sure that that first pitch is out of the zone to a lot of these power-hitting trigger-happy hitters and see if they go after it. So second pitch swung on, soft dribble over to Janko. She'll field it, flip it over to Melton. No hand needed and nothing but glove for Holly Janko. Ah, she's feeling herself now and a little celebration after too. These girls are finally loose. For the first time, it seems like since that first game against Northwestern Ohio, completely loose here on the field. So back-to-back putouts for Janko over at second has two quick outs now for Allie Graham. So what would a 1-2-3 inning mean for Piper Wagner and this team going into the home half of the fifth? We'll find out here in this at-bat as Holly Graham digs in. Big bats coming up in the bottom half as well. Yet to be retired with a walk and a single. Wagner nibbles on the corner and gets a strike one and one. Sun starting to set here beyond the third base dugout. Temperatures starting to warm up too. The hottest part of this bin of the day is right now. Not a whole lot of cloud coming. We expected rain all day long as Graham strokes this one in the left as Aubrey Cox diving effort can't quite get to it, but Robinson in deep left field is there to help out and keeps Graham to just a two-out single. Great call there, Matt. Tori Robinson's hustle from, from deep infield to all the way in left field because the majority of people here thought that ball was caught, including myself. The way Cox tried to trap it and nearly did catch it, Tori Robinson was not fooled. She got out there in a hurry, and Allie Graham, who is not hustling to first, held to just a single, which would mean a base hit would not pull them within one here. So the tying run now comes to the plate in the big bat of Logan Nunes. She's 0 for 2 versus Widener today. Fly ball in the center, and the lone strikeout victim from the freshman. First pitch hits for a strike, second one on the way. Misses away. I start this story at a dangerous two-out moment here, Daniel. Who thought for either one of these teams at any point in the season your bid to go to the World Series would rely on a freshman inside the center circle? And so many freshmen at the plate, too, for Oregon Tech. That's what's so promising for their future. Yes, they lose the big bat of Tara Motes, but after that, they've got so many youth around Nunez and Armin Trout behind the plates, the Phenom, and McGuire at third, all the freshmen lining up for this Oregon Tech team. Then on the flip side for GGC, Piper Wagner looks like a pretty solid bet for a future ace. Tapper to the left side, long way to go for State, and she'll glove it, throw it, and make the nice play at the hot corner for GGC. It extinguishes the threat for 
OIT. Bottom of the fifth we go. Grizzlies holding on 3-1 to one here on the Grizzly Digital Network. Ladies and gentlemen, here to the NAI opening round in Lawrenceville, Georgia. One team has already punched their ticket to Claremont, Florida. We are looking for team number two, and it will come from the winner of this contest. GGC has never been to the NAI Softball World Series. Meanwhile, Oregon Tech has made two previous appearances in winning the national championship back in 2011. Here we are in the fifth. And Sarah Abramson, the freshman phenom, inside the center circle, has the Owls down by two, trying to keep the deficit close. And it'll be the middle of the lineup due up for Cat Eilenberg, Wilhite, Fickus, and Wagner. With six hits apiece, you can tell which team came through with the big hits and the big opportunities. Another situation there for the Owls with runners on base, and they couldn't take advantage. Wilhite, sharp crown ball over to Brown, and she has covered some serious real estate today and retires the Grizzly catcher for out number one. Coming 2,500 miles, nearly a day and a half drive for Oregon Tech out here in the championship of this Lawrenceville bracket. And there are some faithful. I've seen them scattered around with OT hats. Tip of the cap to you guys listening at home over there in Oregon as they've got a very, very bright future and a bright present as well. But when two Goliaths meet, one of them has to go home, and right now, GGC just six outs away. Biggest swing and a miss there. Chases the hitter's count in a 1-0 count. Now it's even a 1-1 one and one on the swing and a miss from Williamson. Biggest 0 for 1 in this contest with a walk and reaching on an error. Now misses up and in for a ball. Count now 2-1. and one. And again, fans, regardless of who wins this contest, whoever is going to the World Series, don't go far after the post game. We'll have the celebration for you here on the Grizzly Digital Network as well as live post game reactions from the winning head coach and an outstanding player, too, as well. Three and one. Fickus hits this one hard in the center field. Back goes Doe, but making a running catch and hauling in that line drive for out number two. So two quick outs here in the fifth. And this will bring up Piper Wagner, the pitcher, chance to help her own cause. One more run gets you to the magic four where GGC has that Gowdy 45-0 record when scoring four runs. Already snapped that streak of two straight games without scoring first. They did get on the board in the first inning. 
37-0 now when scoring first. Weiner takes that nice pitch for a ball. It's now even at one and one. Weiner base hit off of Abramson in our last at bat. Was left stranded on the bag over at first. 1-1. Weiner puts a charge into this one. Back goes the right fielder Nunez. But again, another line drive effort to the outfield. Tracked down by the speedsters for the Owls who roam the range out there in center field will make a nice play and make it a 1-2-3 frame for Oregon Tech in the fifth. We've played five. Some will say we got two to go. Grizzlies a two-run lead here in the if necessary game of the opening round here on the Grizzly Digital Network. Fine Designs is the official championship apparel writer of the NAIA. Design your own NAIA souvenir. Merchandise by Chilton from a large collection of styles, colors, and sizes, along with plenty of unique design options. Five innings are in the books here. Oregon Tech, one run in the third. They've done it on six hits and one error defensively. GGC, two runs in the first, one run in the fourth, three runs on six hits, no errors defensively. It's a pair of freshmen inside the center circle. Sarah Abramson for Oregon Tech and the starter, Piper Wagner for GGC. Six, seven, and eight due up for the Owls. McGuire, Delamere, and Armantrout. As Wagner's first pitch, misses low for a ball, one and oh. Versus Irene McGuire, the third baseman, one for two in this contest versus the Grizzly freshman. Singled back in the fourth to lead things off and was thrown out, or pinch runner, I should say, was thrown out at third on that ricochet play off of Wagner's foot. Misses away, now two and oh. Oregon could probably use a run here in the sixth to put some pressure on the Grizzlies in the seventh. If you're Wagner, you want no part of any more runs in the last two frames. You want to keep that tying run in the on-deck circle, but Daniel, you know as well as I do that pressure is going to mount here with each and every pitch, and it's not going to be that easy. Those last six outs separates the good from the great, and I mentioned it last night. I think we saw Piper grow a lot last night in that game, especially with the bases loaded in the All-American at the plate. We're looking at the sophomore Piper Wagner essentially here. So much more mature in this game. She's right down to business, not wasting any time, not taking any laps around the circle. She gets the ball right back on the rubber. 
Foul ball there issued by McGuire. Count now even at two and two. This is the third game of the day for Oregon Tech. Haven't had to deal with the humidity too much today, but still tired is tired, but they're digging deep here in a 2-2 count. Widener, beautiful drop ball there. And a swing and a miss from McGuire will pick up the second strikeout of the day for Piper Widener. It's out number one here in the sixth. And this will bring up the left fielder and Rachel Delamere. Yeah, McGuire had a tough game against Hanson. Struck out in similar swings like that. She looks like she's guessing and goes down swinging here. All-speed pitch floats in there just a bit low there. I like the adjustment from Wagner there as Delamere has flown out twice in the center versus the Grizzly freshman. Chris Chubb behind the plate, not loving the lofty changeup because remember, it's where it crosses the plate, not lands. Second pitch swung on, past the diving glove of State, and Robinson's there to back things up. Throws a high one over to Melton, but it's not in time. Infield single for Delamere. It puts it beautifully in the hole. It's short. Still Robinson showing off the range. And that's all they needed, just one runner on base. Wasn't going to be too easy for Piper Wagner, not with the speed of this Oregon Tech offense. Very similar to GGC. Ball doesn't need to leave the infield to put runners on base. And Delamar gets the infield single, her first hit of the day. Now Armand Trout is two for two. First pitch into Armand Trout. Hits for a strike. Yeah, 0-1's the count. 0-1 there. And an off-speed pitch. Misses low for a ball, 2-1. Correction, make that 1-1. One one. Infield looking to turn two. Catcher is at the plate as well with the legs. That one's hitting the right. Long way to go for Rossetti going toward the line, but she'll make the running catch. In the underhand basket fashion, and that will retire Armistad for out number two. That's the first time she's been retired today. The only hitter for the Oregon Tech offense, aside from Allie Graham, who is two for two. Excuse me, Graham is Graham is two for two as well. So aside from Allie Graham, so this will bring up Shana Ige, the shortstop. Fouls the first one off. Now Wagner gets ahead again, zero and one. When you see cuts like that from slap hitters, that's when you know you've gotten in their head. Ige with a fly out in the first inning. A little too big of a swing, and that's exactly what you want when you're Piper Wagner. 0-1 count here. Now one hits for a strike. It's now 0-2. And with the heads up infield around, you know Ige's got speed. If you can get to second for the fielder's choice, that's what you do. Last time Ige was up was the fielder's choice, the big one off of the leg of Piper Wagner. So, you know, she connected well last time up. Probably should have been a single up the middle, but it's not how the cookie always crumbles. One ball, two strikes. Wagner delivers in. Chopper over to Robinson. Fields a tough hop. Panics just a little bit here. Flips it over to Janko. It gets loose in right field. Delamere gets to her feet and moves over to third. Robinson knocked it down, but enforced the issue a little bit too much. And now Oregon Tech. Has the tie run over at first base here with two outs in the sixth. And look who's up. Kiana Brown. This is where you get into tense times in the Grizzly softball complex. Fans who probably should be getting loud are a little too nervous here. 
I would equate this to Wrigley Field back in 2016 when the Cubs were so close to winning the World Series, but the fans, instead of being loud, were so worried that things would go wrong because they had so many times before. Piper Wagner, exactly who you want in the circle in this moment. 1-0 count. Brown digs in. Swung's on. Loose ball up the middle. Robinson makes a diving effort at the back at second. Keeps the score locked in at 3-1. And the Grizzlies take a two-run lead and lead the tying run on the base path heading into the bottom of the sixth inning. Georgia Gwinnett has the mojo working in the first base dugout. We'll take a break. We'll come back. The Grizzlies last chance to add some insurance runs here on the Grizzly Digital Network. All right, here we go. Bottom of the sixth inning. Georgia Gwinnett on top, three to one. That's a big time defensive play by the Grizzlies shortstop and Tory Robinson. We'll try to carry that momentum here to the bottom of the sixth inning. Again, Grizzlies only up three to one, and any insurance run would be helpful for Piper Wagner in his bullpen. As Melton Cox and Jenko, bottom of the lineup, do up here versus Sarah Abramson. And when you take a look at who's due up in the top of the seventh, the two, three, four, Doe, Motes, and Graham, one more run would just be so monumental. And the Grizzlies, who set a program record with 32 long balls this season, have not hit any in their three games against Oregon Tech. 1-1 one, one count here. Melton looking to go big fly to left field. Back goes Delamore. Still going, still going. It's off the foul pole. Solo shot for Alyssa Melton. And the Grizzlies get a big-time insurance run off the big bat of Alyssa Melton. 4-1 your score. And Coach Eilenberg lit that fire under E. Moved her down in the lineup, and it paid off. One run in the fourth. That one worked as an insurance run. This one in the sixth is so much more monumental. Silences this Owls defense as well. No more chattering around that defense. They are stunned silent right down the line. We're looking, we're looking, we're pushing like Carl Yaz did. And finally, he snaps out of a mini slump. It smashes off the left field foul pole about one-third of the way up it. And the Grizzlies will get a very important Fourth throwing off the sixth home run of the season by Alyssa Melton. Aubrey Cox digs in now. Cox takes a healthy hack at that one and swings right through it. Well, now they have a home run against Oregon Tech in the three games. Aubrey Cox might want to take that bat to the shop and patch up some of the holes at the end of this season. Throw it away. Yeah, 1-1 one, one count. That looks like she's swinging right through it. Rise ball misses upstairs. Not 2-1. 
big bat for Alyssa Melton here, and the Grizzlies can smell glory here in the bottom of the sixth. Now you hear a lot more chattering coming out of the Grizzly dugout, the fans, the buzz around the stadium. They could feel it. Cox patient here after a healthy hack. Gets ahead three and one. Abertson from the right. Cox from the left. Action pitch on the way. Aubrey Cox underneath that one. McGuire drifting in foul territory. Calls everybody off and makes the catch. Four out number one. You can feel that nervous energy start to release just a little bit here off that big bat from Melissa Melton. Perhaps the biggest home run of her career comes in the biggest game in GGC softball history. As Holly Janko takes the first pitch upstairs for a strike on one. Janko struck out looking in the second, flew out to left in the fourth. Averson off speed pitch. Janko looking to go big fly as Doe drifting back will make the catch and retire Janko for out number two. You know, it's interesting. Piper Wagner and Sidney Wilhite are sitting behind the dugout down the first baseline, not watching any action, just trying to stay in their own zone. Sometimes energy can get the best of a pitcher, which is why a lot of times, whether they're in a no-hitter or a perfect game, Matt, they'll be left alone. And this is a moment like that where you want Piper to forget about every single thing in the world. Don't even worry about what this game means. Just know you need to go out there and pitch the seventh inning like you've done 14 times before. She's completed the game 14 times in 17 starts. She'll be going for number 15. Encore performance for Nikki Cook. Drops down a bun, and now it's McGuire with the souvenir. And the third single today for Nikki Cook. On the base path all four times. Cook now hitting 786. 11 hits and 14 at-bats in two days. So now Rayquin Rosetti digs in. Grizzlies aren't done yet here. Expect Cook to take off again, and then Rossetti would have a runner in scoring position with two outs. 4-1, Grizzlies lead. And Abramson kicks and fires. Now and hits for a strike. It's one and one. Rossetti, one for three with an RBI and a run scored in this contest. Getting things started in the first. Cook on the move, throw down to second, no hope. Especially when she's stealing off the changeup. There's no chance you mix that with the combination of Armand Trout, who hasn't thrown out a Grizzly or anyone in the last two days by that measure. And Nikki Cook, believe that's 62 now, sixth of the day. One two count here. Rosetti slaps this one right at McGuire, who's been sure gloved at the hot corner. As for the second time today, McGuire will throw out Rosetti. Over at first base. Offense gets a big-time solo home run by Alyssa Melton in the bottom of the sixth. And with a three-run lead, the Grizzlies are three outs from glory. And they punch their ticket to the World Series for the first time in program history. We'll find out on the other side of this break. You are watching the Grizzly Digital Network.
Moving on. For the Owls, the third field with the 14. So here he goes. All right, folks, we head to the final frame here. 4-1 your score from Lawrenceville, Georgia. We're in the if-necessary game in the Lawrenceville bracket here in the NAI softball opening round. GGC, three outs away from glory and a three-run lead. The Owls will send to the plate their 2-3 and four-hitter, Doe, Motes, and Graham. Piper Wagner, the freshman, back inside the center circle. First pitch hits for a strike, 0-1 versus Haley Doe. 0 for 2 on today, including a sacrifice bunt. 50th strike of the game for Piper, 27 balls. That makes 77 in this magnificent outing two days in a row with near perfection in the circle from Wagner. Just that one long ball from the All-American, and at the end of the day, you might be able to forgive Piper for that one. One ball, one strike here, working on Doe. Swung on, this one's looped down the right field side, and Daniel, we have one of the largest crowds we've ever had here at the Grizzly Softball Complex. The buzz is in the air. The Grizzlies are ready to roll here, looking for the final three outs and to extend their season for the first time into the NAI World Series. One-two count. Misses away. Make it two and two. There are some moments in life you will never forget, and you'll remember where you were and how you saw it, and this will be one of those moments for GGC softball. Two-two. Misses away. Make it three and two. Still to this day, it's five years later, we remember... The athletic department's first trip to the NAIA Baseball World Series and the dog pile that Georgia Gwinnett had versus Southeastern. Here today, we'll be able to tell the stories of when the Grizzlies got to the World Series, but not before the Owls want to come loose here in the top of the seventh inning. And Doe will lead things off with a single. Now murderers row for the Oregon Tech Owls. We got Motes hit a long ball today. Ali Graham hit a long ball yesterday. Nunez hit a long ball today. We're cut out for her in the circle for Wagner. And I mentioned how economical she's been. Nonetheless, defense might need to make one more big play. Every once in a while, just that one big play, it might not be totally necessary, but just get right back in there and provide another spark for your team. Wagner first pitch, ground ball over to Janko. Janko to Robinson for one. Robinson over to Melton, not in time. Grizzlies almost had the 5-4-6-3 double play, but enough speed for Moats to get down to first base on the fielder's choice. Grizzlies get a big out number one. That out's all that matters. To be honest, Janko didn't even need to go to second. It was the easier play for her, but if it wasn't the easier play, no reason to force it. Same thing here. If there's a play in the hole and you can't go to second, a double play to end the game isn't necessarily more important than just getting out number two. And this will bring up Allie Graham, the designated player. She has yet to be retired by Piper Widener, a walk and two singles. A freshman inside the center circle in a pressure-packed situation in front of the hometown crowd. First pitch hits, second one misses, one and one. Not too far off there for Wagner. Motes. Above average speed, but nothing too crazy. They'll value their base runners here down by three and a seventh. Swung on, fouled off, up and out of play to the right side. Count out one and two. Most of the Grizzlies on this field were on it last season against Warner. They know how it feels to get so close, but yet so far, and how hard those last two outs are. And here we are again, and a handful of them were there two years ago against St. Xavier's. One game away. Situations. 
Oregon Tech, same thing, and you know they're going to make it tough on them. Strikeouts will not be easy here for Wagner. 1-2. Swallow on Tapper back to Wagner. Wagner's going to go into center field on a throwing error. Nikki Cook's there to back things up in what could have been out number two and potentially a big double play. Instead, extends the frame, and the tying run comes to the plate for Oregon Tech in the top of the seventh. Keep in mind, GGC still the home team on the scoreboard here in this, if necessary, game. But right now, GGC needing two outs any way they can get it. An error, a very uncharacteristic one for this team. Puts runners at first and second. And so Logan Nunes. Nunes digs in, fouls the first one off in an 0-1 count. As tempting as it is to try to turn two, just set it, just, just get an out any way possible. These runners right now mean absolutely nothing. Once again, if you can just get the out at third, get it. Out at second, get it. Any out. Nunes fouls that one off and Wagner way ahead 0-2. Nunes 0-3 versus Wagner in this performance. A fly out to center, a strikeout, and a ground ball to Staten. Grizzlies big infield all the way around. Tying runs at the plate for the Owls here in the top of the seventh. 0-2. Now and misses away, make it 1-2. You have another opportunity here to waste a pitch. 1-2 count. No threat of a walk yet. Then if it gets to 2-2, you reconsider. But nothing should be near the zone here for Wagner. 1-2. Tapper right back toward Wagner. She'll glove that one. Underhand flip over to Melton. Maybe a lesson learned there for Wagner. Didn't force the issue too much. Got the sure thing and out number two. And that'll push two runners in the scoring position at second and third. But Oregon Tech down their last at-bat and down three runs in the top of the seventh. Stepping to the plate, Irene McGuire. Now batting the third baseman of the 16, Irene McGuire. McGuire digs in. First pitch swing in here, loop of the right. Long way to go for Rossetti. Still running as Janko. She'll make the catch. And for the first time in GDC softball history, the Grizzlies are going to the World Series as the glory goes to the Grizzlies. 4-1 your score. Pack your sunscreen. Pack your Grizzly gear. Georgia Gwinnett is headed to Claremont, Florida. A great moment there for Kat Eilenberg and her family. She exchanges hugs with John Eilenberg and Tanya Metter's daughter, Elizabeth Eilenberg, there too as well. And a big hug and a twirl for Nikki Cook, who played on an entire new level for the lone senior. As GGC will win by a final score of 4-1. to one. They're going to show Eilenberg the Gatorade treatment. I think she'll take it. Right there at the first baseline. No Yep, no, no running away this time. Cat is all for it. And how fitting is it, Matt, that it comes on a difficult play to so many difficult plays in the field. Three diving catches yesterday. Tori Robinson with one of the bigger plays of the game today in the sixth, robbing potentially an RBI single to pull it within one. And then Holly Janko covers about 35 to 40 feet there as she races down the line. Wow, what a moment here, and you could start to pencil that into your schedule, that seven-hour drive coming up in about a week and a half for you Grizzly fans down in Claremont. So Georgia Gwinnett here finishes off the Lawrenceville bracket in if-necessary fashion. They went down 4 to nothing in game six, but in game seven, a 4-1 to victory for Georgia Gwinnett. They'll move forward into that NAI or World Series fans don't go anywhere we're going to stay right here with you we got a post 
game celebration and ceremony for you too as well. We'll have the post-game comments coming out for you live right here on the Grizzly Digital Network from head coach Kat Eilenberg. And a special moment for the program and the team. We'll also hear from an outstanding player in the tournament too as well as GGC, again, doing a great job here in this tournament. Stubbed their toe early. I'm going to go Nikki Cook. Yeah, not player, a bad guess Player here. of the tournament. And so uh, we'll have all that here in just a moment, and we'll turn things over to our public address announcer here Dale Long for a very special, special announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll begin our post-game awards ceremony. At this time, we ask members of the Georgia Gwinnett College softball program to accept the 2018 NIS softball opening round trophy for the NIS tournament set representative, Laura Eberline. The Grizzlies have punched their ticket to the NIS World Series and will play in Claremont, Florida from May 24th to May 31st. It's the Grizzlies' first World Series appearance. Congratulations to the Grizzlies on this NEI opening round Lawrenceville Bracket Championship. And best of luck in the World Series. Hugs and high fives all around for GGC. Dale Long putting things in perspective for you here as everybody's on their feet that's wearing green and gray in Lawrenceville, Georgia. As GGC again has captured the Lawrenceville Bracket Championship via the final score of 4-1, to one, the if necessary game. Georgia Gwinnett. With two runs in the first, one run in the fourth, one run in the sixth. Big solo home run by Alyssa Melton there to add some insurance. Four runs on eight hits and two errors defensively. Meanwhile, Oregon Tech, one run in the third on eight runs and one error for the Owls. And so, again, stay with us here, folks. Here on the Grizzly Digital Network, we'll have... Live post-game comments from Cat Eilenberg as well as a player of significance. We've nominated Nikki Cook. I don't know if she knows that yet. There's not really a formal all-tournament team or an most outstanding player, but as a lone senior in the team, the Grizzlies rode the back of their lone senior in her senior season. The center fielder has produced quite well for Georgia Gwinnett, and so hopefully to have her on here momentarily. Stay with us here live on the Grizzly Digital Network. I'm Matt Mahoney alongside Daniel Gilman. Daniel, just a remarkable accomplishment, a remarkable moment for this program as we, again, try to put things in perspective for GGC. Sixth year underneath our one and only coach in Cat Eilenberg. Our win total goes like this, 18, 39, 37, 44, 50. And now the 52nd win in the sixth season takes us to a place where we've never been before in the World Series. It's remarkable, Matt, especially because – of the past. It's not their first time in the opening round. It's their fourth consecutive season in the opening round. And at the end of the day, it comes down to the veteran leadership. So much had to be said in between these two games to reignite and just 
fire up each of these players. Nikki Cook to start it off in the bottom of the first inning with a base hit. Steal second. Get to third. Score the run. Rossetti, get on base. Score the run. It's it's unfathomable to try to put words into players' mouths, but you have to assume that Nikki Cook said something and got emotionally charged enough to fire her team up. Piper Wagner, though, the story of this season, in my opinion. Nikki Cook was fantastic last season. Taylor Hans is fantastic last season. Piper Wagner was a little bit of a question mark. She won Cobb County Player of the Year back in 2016. We knew she was going to be someone that attacked hitters. We knew she was going to be someone that got after things, but we didn't know she was going to go 19-0 and and win all 18 starts, Matt. Think about that. 18, she was perfect every single time that Cat Eilenberg penciled Piper Wagner into that lineup. Yeah. She got a W every single time. It's it's amazing. It's funny now trying to put today in perspective. You talked we've talked about Piper going up from a freshman to a sophomore here right in front of our eyes. I wouldn't be surprised if Ken Heilenberg lets Piper Wagner come up here as much as we want to talk to Nikki Cook and figure out what that conversation was like between game six and game seven. Uh Wagner just must may have some positive things to say as as she has shut down this Oregon Tech lineup and back-to-back games and two of the biggest games in GDC softball history. History, I tell you, comes from the right hand of a freshman in Piper Wagner. And only 92 pitches today, 107 yesterday. She kept two starts against one of the top teams in the nation, number 20 in the country, all the way to the championship game. Under 200 pitches in two starts for Piper Wagner. And every single thing that is coming to this team is deserved as they are hoisting the trophy now, Nikki Cook could not be happier for any of these players. I mean, each and every one of them have done their job in this tournament, whether it's Megan Harden pinch running or Jordan Inglar, who came in relief yesterday and enabled Taylor Hansis to get a little bit of rest before Taylor came out today. The one thing that I can't wait to hear Coach can't talk about is that, that speech in between games. I want to know what they talked about because you mentioned it. Does GGC have an advantage playing that second game today, even though it's Oregon Tech's third? Or does Oregon Tech have the advantage with the momentum? Turns out all it needed was a first-inning rally, and for the 38th time this year, GGC scores first. For the 38th time this year, GGC comes away glorious and victorious. And again, folks, stay with us momentarily. We will have uh, head coach Kat Eilenberg with us as well as uh, a grizzly of significance here. They're taking a lot of selfies and a lot of pictures down there and rightfully so with that NAI opening round trophy, which is uh, handed out by the NAI site supervisor. Again, big thanks to the NAI national office for uh, allowing GGC to host an event like this. Big shout-out to the administrators here and the support staff for Georgia Gwinnett uh, and hosting this opening round in Lawrenceville, Georgia, as uh, GGC, uh, again, as big win here for the school and the program and the department as Georgia Gwinnett will win this opening round contest by a score of 4-1. to one. We've got eyes on Cat Eilenberg. We Hopefully we see a Grizzly shortly thereafter, too, as well. As uh, I believe Nikki Cook making her way up here with the trophy yeah, as well. Not, not a bad idea here either. And so a big moment here. A round of applause for Cat Eilenberg making her way into the press box through the bleachers here. And the guy... Uh, and uh, very, very momentarily, a uh, big moment for her in this program as uh, George Gwinnett again. Final score here in the game seven 
if necessary contest. George Gwinnett wins by a score of 4-2-1. And we're joined now by the lone senior on this program and Nikki Cook. Nikki, when you woke up this morning, what was the first thing that went through your mind? Um, honestly, it's going to be my last day on this field. <laughs> and so a big moment for you. You have played a lot of competitive softball from your adolescent years to your college years at two different locations here. What was what did this week mean to you in hosting this opening round in your senior season, literally minutes down the road from where you grew up? Um, it really means everything. Coach Kai and this program has made me fall in love with the game all over again. and I think it means so much. And this team this year has made me just fall in love with all of them. They're like the best teammates I've ever had. So it means a lot. And so the Grizzlies come up here today, 2-0 and yesterday. We're in the driver's seat. We're in the winner's bracket. Our first game today, we come up short versus Oregon Tech. If you don't mind, what did you share with your team out there in right field? Um, a lot of tears. Um, <laughs> but I told each individual that I believed in them, and even the ones that were struggling right now, that I believe in all of them, and they're just great, and that through the thick and thin, they have been my family. And literally, I mean that, and I've gotten close with every single girl, and that doesn't happen very often, so it was pretty cool. And I don't know where this fits in perspective for your career, but in three, excuse me, four games in two days, we've got you down 11 for 13, two walks, 11 stolen bases, and six runs. Have you ever played a game or a weekend or a series like that in your entire life? I don't think so. And a big turning point last night in that game down two to nothing, that catch in center field. Off the bat, what were you thinking? I'm going to catch this ball. I didn't care what hurt after I fell. I was not letting them beat us. And so Georgia Gwinnett does indeed do that. The lone senior in this program, we win 4-1 to one here in the if necessary game. And how does it feel to hold that hardwood right there, knowing you're going <laughs> to Claremont, Florida at the NAI World Series? I can't wait. I think that this team could really go all the way. So I'm excited to see the heart that we have. And so, again, Nikki, congratulations. Can't say it enough here. I don't know when Kat or Dr. Wilson is going to take that trophy for you, but don't let it go. Hold on to it as long as you can, okay? I will. She's not getting it. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki Cook, again, congratulations here. Thank You're you. going to the NAI World Series. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, again, uh, we're going to step aside here for just a moment here. as a big moment there for Nikki Cook. Uh, the Grizzlies now 42-4, and four, the number one ranked team in the NAIA as Georgia Gwinnett has punched their tickets. They have plans for May 24th through the 31st in Claremont, Florida. They will pack their bags and head to the NAI World Series down in Orlando. And we're joined now by our head coach, Cat Eilenberg. Coach, congratulations. Thanks, Matt. Glad this is the first time we've interviewed all season. <laughs> That's right. That's true. Feels darn good. First postgame interview here. Uh, take me back to the beginning. At what point did you ever – think or have the vision that not only this team could be the number one team in the country but you could win an opening round and go to the world series well in my interview my good buddy brad stromdahl takes me around on a golf cart when this is weeds and says that's where you're going to play to win national championships and i mean i, I just kind of bought in I, I truly bought in i mean everybody had that vision for this department and so when i recruited my first athletes i just kept using that line like we're gonna be good we're gonna be good and in August of 2012, that first program set some goals. And by God, if we haven't just year after year checked another goal off the list. And that's the thing about setting big, audacious goals is eventually you just you keep gnawing away at them. And here we are. And so you've gnawed away at a 50-win season last year, 40, excuse me, a season best for the program, 52 wins this year. 
as again, if that's a checkbox or not, how empty would this season have been if you didn't make it to the World Series? Sure. I, I mean, I think Nikki encapsulated it. You know, this team has a, a love for one another that goes beyond the game, beyond the chalk, but when they're between the lines and they're in the dugout together – it's just, I keep calling it magical. You know, they have a little spark to them that you just love being around them. And it doesn't matter the situation. Even in the first game today, they were not, there was something off about them, but they were still just fighting for each other. And I knew we could come out and play well. You made some tough calls in between game one today and game two, especially with the lineup. Yeah. Not only having confidence in a freshman inside the center circle, yeah. but what was the thought process to make some of those changes that clearly worked out here today? Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes at the bottom of the lineup, it's, it's false that you should be giving them better pitches because they can't hit as well. And it just felt like if E and Aubrey had some runs in front of them before they got up to bat, they'd relax. And it seemed to work, you know. And shout out big time Dr. Wilson on that giant uh, foul pole. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. As Alyssa Melton there in the sixth, ding dong off the left field foul pole. What did you tell to her as she rounded third? Thank God for a big foul pole. (laughs) I'm just proud of her. I mean, I know that's her swing, and and she's been doing that all year. So. And she struggled a little bit this week, but turned around, gets a big home run for GGC here. Then going into the seventh, we even saw Piper Wagner kind of sneak out of the dugout. She didn't want any part of the excitement. How laser locked and focused was the freshman today? Yeah, she came in telling me, you know, she's just she's she's ice cold, and you want ice in your veins. And you know, even in the seventh when she makes the throwing error, Piper throws so hard and so accurate. She realized no one was at the bag, so if she rocketed it, no one's there. So she tried to ease up on it. And in that situation, it's like funny that just get outs, even though we wanted to double play the play before, you know. And so you got the trophy, that's the game ball, the last out there. I got it. You share some hugs with some family and some of the players here. When will it set in that you're going to the World Series in just the sixth year of this program? (laughs) I don't think it's going to set in until (laughs) I'm on that bus and I have to check my checklist three times because you imagine things happening, you know, and the more you speak it into existence, the more it's going to happen. And that's the energy of this program. They just, they really believe what they say to one another. And so we talked about energy. We talked about just the vibe that they give off. And I feel like I'm talking granola and cuckoo bars, but (laughs) they do. They just, when they're happy and laughing and, and goofing off about just the nonsense they create about themselves, you see the outcome that you've seen 50 times this year well here's the warning shot to the rest of the nai there's a bus headed south on (laughs) i-75 next week to claremont florida at the nai world series that'll do it here for our entire cast and crew coach can't say it enough congratulations you're going to world series thank you so much so that'll do it here we'll wrap things up from lawrenceville georgia big thanks to all of you guys that stay tuned all week long here we sandwiched seven games in two days i hope you enjoyed it we had a great time here and for daniel gilman i'm matt mahoney signing off saying so long everybody this is the grizzly digital network We would like to thank our corporate sponsors for making this broadcast possible and you, the fans, for tuning in. For the latest information about GGC Athletics, log on to grizzlyathletics.com.
We are online 24-7. 